0: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Innocence Redeemed Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and this week's podcast I'm going to be playing a repeat of actually my very first podcast I did on uh, JPH Radio. This podcast was a testimony of when um, I was in the wilderness before um, I began this ministry, and I was going to have a different show for you guys this week, but due to some unforeseen circumstances that came up, um, I need to take some time for myself, so wanted to present this as an encore because i had uh, never uploaded it before so without any more delay here's the podcast and i pray you guys enjoy
1: thank you so much for joining me today on just praise him radio i'm your host Glenda lomax and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with christ now here's the show Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio program. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and I have a special treat for you today. My friend Ray Berkman is on the show. The title of this message is Walking in the Desert with Ray Berkman. Ray is in the wilderness now, and he's going to share with us some revelation he's gotten and the way that things have been going for him, because I know a lot of you are probably in the wilderness, too. Welcome to the show, Ray. Thank you so much for making time to talk to the listeners today.
0: Thank you, Glenda. It's an honor to be with you.
1: So, Ray, tell us, when did you first realize that you were in the wilderness?
0: Well, in order to explain how I realized I was in the wilderness, I feel I should give a little bit of a background to explain what transpired first. Okay. My journey began in late 2018, but at that time, I was unaware of what the wilderness was. I was facing a job layoff, At the end of the year, but pressure was on before I resigned due to what I perceived as unreasonable requests and the position they were trying to get me ready for, and I felt like that was a demotion at the time. It might have been or may not, but I will never know because my heart was no longer in it, and on top of the conditions being what they were, I decided to leave. After my resignation from that job, I was without work for a few months and living on a PTO payout in which paying my bills was depleting. I was hitting a lot of dead ends. And when I did not end up getting a job, for, when I did end up getting a job for a temp agency, I came to find that the job was not at all what I thought it was going to be. The work was tedious and it felt like I had less than adequate support. So there was frustration not only in that, the prospects of it becoming permanent felt like they were being kept from me. And I was making significantly less money um, than I was previously. On top of that, I was driving under just under 35 miles one way which is a 90 minute commute due to the traffic and then I was putting a quarter of my check into my gas tank just to commute Wow. and so the time spent just to get to and from and that wasn't including stops for other things like grocery stores or whatever on the way home it was beginning to eat at me after the first few months I mean I felt like I was doing the job of three people at one point wow. and throughout all of it Though I grinned and nodded in the office and tried to be a help to others in the office, I was downright miserable. I can't tell you how many times I drove home with a heavy heart, dreading that I would have to do it all over every day of the week. I would be listening to depressing music desiring my life had been so much more. One day on break, I was even checking emails, and because I was still getting jobs emailed to me, I learned my old job was hiring for the very position they had told me would be ending months ago. So as you can imagine, this further made me more upset over my career loss a few months prior as the whole situation felt like it was completely unnecessary. But the feelings I felt was how it was the three months I was there. And one morning on the halfway there, I began to have a panic attack and I had to turn around and go home. Needless to say, I I mean, I didn't have a full fledged attack, but it started. Yeah. So needless to say, I didn't feel like I could continue, and I began to call out more and more. And one morning when it was cold, dark, and rainy, I decided Uh I was done with going back there. This situation led me into more sin. I had been drinking on weekends as it was to numb the pain, trying to salvage any sense of happiness to escape my sorrows. I was also heavily in sin in regards to lust, pretty much anything I could do to fill the void. I was also sinking further in the debt because I could not make the payments on my credit cards or I would use one card to pay another card. So I was essentially robbing Peter to pay Paul and the cards in time reached their limits due to fees and interest. And I was using them to buy food as try as I may for for months. I could not find a job for the life of me and I should have sought God then in return. But no, this pattern went on for at least eight more months. And then I began to feel a pulling that I could not explain. I would be watching a movie and I found myself not being able to concentrate on it, even though at the time I was drunk and even stoned. I started to think, oh, great. I can't have a job. Now I can't even enjoy a
1: movie.
0: (laughs) I recall telling my brother at the time and he said, oh, you just must you must be thinking too much. You know, you're thinking too much about it. Don't worry. You think too much. And I said, no, this is something else. Well, not long after the first time I went to bed one night with this unexplainable sadness. I mean, this was a deep, deep sadness glinda i felt so so much sorrow because i was losing control i felt completely lost and essentially i felt like i was just drifting without a purpose completely hopeless so as i laid there on my bed i felt what i can only explain was a grip around my heart like someone had reached into my chest and was squeezing it it felt more and more uncomfortable and i heard i could take you right now if i wanted to wow As you can imagine, it was like a slap in the face. It was a slap in the face. It lit up a little, and then I heard in my spirit, Listen, son, you know better because I have already seen it through. I have taught you better than this, therefore you should know. You are not living in my ways nor my will for you. I heard in my spirit, You better stop or I will not help you anymore. Wow. Time is running out. I'm giving you another chance to return to me. Seek me, and I will help you in all you are dealing with. Now, it was at this moment I came to realize that if I didn't take him seriously, he was going to let me die in my sin, if not right then, eventually. Yeah. At the same time, I apologized and I said, Father, what are you asking me to do? I heard two words in my spirit, Glenda Lomax.
1: That just absolutely blows my mind right there.
0: And now, Glinda, I knew of your work from years prior, from back when I found you in early 2013, from a prophetic message you had posted at that time, that Steve Quayle had linked to. I had heard Steve Quayle on Alex Jones, and so that's when I started following him. But I had not been following for a very long time due to being backslidden, but the Lord knew I would remember you, and I believe that's why he mentioned your name. But I digress. The Lord spoke again. She will help you understand what you need to do. Well, Glenda, long story short, after going through several archives of your podcast and messages you had written over the years that I had been away, I felt the conviction in my heart. Where I went wrong, And I felt downright horrible. I honestly felt like I needed to take a bath, a bath in bleach. That's how dirty I felt. So not long after was when I bought The Wilderness Companion, as I had remembered you were working on that the last time I heard you, which at that time you were on Wings Radio with Blog Talk. But the book wasn't released yet. You were still working on it. After reading it, I was able to discern that The Wilderness was exactly where I was and that I was going through similar or had been going through the very same things, unaware what the wilderness was or that I was in it.
1: Wow. So what has been the biggest challenge for you in, the, in this? And how long were you out of work at that time? Well,
0: when I was truly out I was out of work starting in October of 2018 Or no, it was November of 2018. And then I was unemployed for a few months and I wasn't really freaking out too much about it at the time because I had, I had like more than a month of PTO accrued. So, I mean, when I cashed out, I mean, I had a few thousand dollars to live off of. Okay. So I was able to, you know, maintain my bills and, you know, still go to the store and I was still looking for jobs. And that's when I was looking for, I found that temp job, but that didn't exactly work out the way I had thought it would. Yeah. So I would say you asked me what the biggest challenge for me in the wilderness. um, You you asked me how long I've been out of work. um, But, you know, the biggest challenge for me in the wilderness, aside from avoiding the temptation to return to old sins when times get tough, I would say is trust, but not just trust, letting go of the past.
1: Trust is a big one. Letting go of the past. I never thought about that one.
0: Yeah, because um, you know, you listen to old music and then people want to drag you into doing things like, you know, yes. oh, have this drink, you know, watch yeah. this movie. And it's like I'm just not into that no more. And yeah. and when I do, and even if I'm forced to it or I feel like I'm taking part in it, it's like I'm just not enjoying it yeah. the same way I used to. It it doesn't, it doesn't appeal, appeal it me. doesn't
1: appeal to you anymore. Exactly. Because you're a new
0: creature. So, and trust and patience as a refining of my faith that I can count on him, you know, trusting in the Lord to make a way regardless of my fears of lack and providing for that, which I need, whether it is my cell phone bill or money to get groceries so I can eat. And thankfully I've had, you know, my family for the most part to help me, but you know, he's also teaching me to trust him because through him, he provides the means through others.
1: Yeah, he does. And it's not always people that, you know, a lot of times, the people that are closest to you are the ones that Satan will use to scream doubt at you when you're in the wilderness. Or that was my, that was my experience. Some of the people and, I was closest to were like, this ain't going to work. You know, you yeah, messed that, up. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. That, and that can happen. I mean, you could be doing so well for a while and then it just takes one incident or it takes us something that occurs even in the household. It may not be anything between you and that person, but it's uh-huh. something that can bring it about Yeah. that yeah. causes the strife.
1: And, and other people cannot believe what we're believing for. They're not where we're, where we're at in our faith. And so they see, it looks like we're just jumping off a cliff to them.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: You know, because they and didn't hear God speak to them. So they, they don't have any faith to believe for what we're doing.
0: Like we do. I was thinking about this earlier and it's like, until you go through it yourself. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately, you know, even when I wrote my blog and, um, which we'll get to that later, but, um, you know, I've been thinking, you know, if you haven't gone through it, it's hard to understand truly what it is, yeah. what the wilderness is, and what is required to get through it.
1: You can tell somebody how to ride a bicycle, but until they get on it, they won't have an understanding.
0: That's right. Yeah. That's right. So after that, I would say following him and doing my best to abide in the Lord's word by knowing more of the word on top of being disciplined, mm-hmm. where it comes to my time in prayer and avoiding the snares mm-hmm. that could potentially disrupt my walk. And that yeah. falls in line with what we were just saying. You know, this falls in line with the temptation to respond in ways that are not of the Lord. Yes. I mean, I'm not, I'm not perfect, but I have tripped a few times, try as I may not to, but I get up, repent and keep pushing through and learn from my errors.
1: None of us were perfect. If we were, we wouldn't have to go into the wilderness.
0: That's right. The key takeaway is not to think you are stronger than you really are. This is one thing I've learned in regards to your walk, because if you do, this is yet another disappointment. Should you slip up? That it. That is means to allow the spirit of discouragement to enter. Yes. And we are warned in the word not to think we are stronger than we really are.
1: Be careful when you think you stand lest you fall.
0: And Glinda, this is referenced in Romans 12, uh, verse 3. And I'm quoting the New King James, by the way, uh, where it says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Mm-hmm. So the wilderness for me has been a continuing reflection of myself and ways where I can always improve no matter how well I think I'm doing, because if I think I'm not sinning, then I probably am, as referenced in First John 1, 8, where it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Amen. So, and it is, it is easy to, I want to add that it is easy to sometimes get that spiritual pride when you start, when you realize what you've done and you've repented from a great deal of it, but then you may sit in other ways and not recognize it right away
1: that's so true what aspects of the wilderness are you going through right now
0: well right now for me the biggest one is not allowing the spirit of discouragement to come in and wreck or take away what i've learned there are times things go silent and i feel that maybe i'm too strong in what i say and how i come across to others and this has included fellow brothers and sisters at times I mean, the enemy will try to trick you in all kinds of ways, even at times trying to convince you someone has something against you, even if they don't. Yeah. Also, what could be perceived as unfair and unjust living situations as, as they present themselves, which are temptations to react in bitterness or judgment, which I have to be careful of. You have to make sure you don't covet or are jealous of someone else receiving a blessing, whereas you feel you didn't receive one and you don't understand why. Been I mean there, can we been
1: there and done yeah. that saw somebody else get exactly what I had been believing for for years that was hard
0: Yeah I mean can we honestly understand God's timing No Yeah the truth is we we don't but we have to trust he is working going ahead of us to make a way
1: Yeah
0: And you have to remember to be thankful for what you do have where God has led yeah. you and believe that, that at the right time he will lead you out and raise you up any or all of these can make you question, you know, your role and where God is leading you. And the spirit of discouragement can press you so hard to give up some days. I have had days where I'm so sad and so tired and so overwhelmed that I don't know what to do. I've had, I've had days where I stare off in the space and my heart is screaming, how long, Lord, how long?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: But even then, I talk to the Lord and he reminds me he is not going to let me hang out the dry. Yeah. You know, he's not going to start something he's not going to finish. No, he's not. I reflect on the suffering of Jesus, uh, you know, when what he went through, and he didn't even sin. I mean, look how much he had to suffer, and he still served. Uh, you know, he still he washed people's feet.
1: Yeah, and while he was being yeah. nailed to the cross, being murdered oh, yeah. by some of the very people he came to save.
0: That, and had, you have to, to remember that had to be real hard. It. Yeah, and you have to remember, too, that his apostles and prophets went through trials and were later rescued and restored because they remained faithful. Yeah. So the more of the word, you know, will help you a long way and you have to settle in your heart that as Christians, we at times will suffer, especially when trying to maintain doing the good.
1: Yeah. So you've been out of work for several years now and you have, you don't have any steady income coming in at all right now, right? Am I right?
0: No, nothing steady. No.
1: Okay. How has God provided for you? Have you seen him to be faithful in this?
0: Yes. Yes. The one thing I have had to learn most on is this timing. Now, there were times I was low on food, and I mean where I had a few slices of bread and, like, a quarter of a jar of peanut butter and maybe a few hot dogs left. And I knew that my supplies were dwindling and would be out within a few days. Yeah. And I've had to make dietary changes, and you've been through it, you've, so you understand, you know. Oh, you yeah. can't, you're, you're eating on the cheap.
1: Yeah. Very cheap.
0: And this is where living one day at a time comes in the factor. I mean, and, and you, in a, you have mentioned that before with Nicole when you did a, a previous podcast.
1: I, I learned from her in that podcast. She said, you know, I think God gives us faith for one day at a time. And I started going by that principle after that, and it helped me so much because I, I was a natural-born worrier like my mom. And that yep. really, really helped
0: me. Well, and it's hard when you've had it good for so many years and you're so used to planning everything out ahead. So yeah. it's easy to look ahead and then begin to worry.
1: Yeah, yeah. But,
0: but time and time again, a family member would give me the cash just in time when I would need it or offer. And I didn't always say anything and it would happen. Okay. I would be, probably be praying it would happen, but I didn't wouldn't say something necessarily to them about it. Because I didn't want to make waves. I mean, I'm trying to keep the peace. So it's 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 a difficult situation to be. But what I would tell everyone is that he always does provide a way. You may not receive a check in the mail, but that doesn't mean he won't place you in the path of someone who can help you.
1: That's right.
0: Another example is when my computer broke, (laughs) I went to power it on on Christmas day. And this is just one thing among many. I mean, many things have gone wrong. I mean, we've had the certain things in the house, like plumbing issues. uh, There was an issue with our bathroom where we had to have the floor ripped up. Oh. You know, but I uh, went to go power my computer on on Christmas Day, and it wouldn't power up. I got to thinking, oh, this could not have happened at a worse time. Oh yeah. Because you know, had I known that before I went into the wilderness, when I ha- was able to get one, I would have bought another one that was newer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was ten, but it was like nine, ten years old. So I guess it was just its time.
1: It just gave up. <laughs> you couldn't take the stress level.
0: <laughs> well, I did use it a lot, in all fairness, but still. So I went and prayed on it, and I heard in my spirit, "You shall have it." Now, I didn't know how or by what means, but he reassured me for a few weeks it would happen.
1: So you had to keep believing. And we all know that God could have provided a computer that day. He could have. He could have. This is how I've noticed he builds our faith. We have to stay strong and believe in what he said, even when we don't see anything coming in. We don't see anything. And we just have to say, okay, we don't see anything, but he said this. So and we have to just keep confessing it's hours while the devil is trying to come in and say, oh, God's not going to come through for you. He's not going to do this. You did that or whatever. He tries to make you think you did something, you know, whatever. I cannot imagine a worse time to be believing for a free computer from a natural standpoint than after Christmas during this pandemic, when everybody's out of work. Yeah.
0: I even asked the Lord if I should ask someone and he said, no, it will be provided for you.
1: You know why? You know why? Because this, if you don't ask and if he just brings it, he gets all the glory.
0: Yep, and he didn't reveal how. In the meantime, I used a desktop that was around my house that belonged to my mother that I had bought her years ago for a Christmas present, and she wasn't using it, so it was just sitting in the office. I mean, I couldn't put what I wanted on it, but it filled the gap in between getting another computer, being able to do basic things online, such as comment and check my emails. Yeah. And had the Lord not enabled me to buy that PC back in 2014 as a Christmas gift for my mother at the time, we would not have had it. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to think about that too yeah a few weeks later, uh, a fellow brother offered to get me a used PC and it had everything I needed and because I had many of the parts already in my old machine, all I had to do was pull them out. I didn't need much need to put much into it other than an extra cable and a bracket to mount another hard drive. oh good so, so this is another example that the Lord can place people in your life who can help you when you are in need
1: mm-hmm.
0: You may know the person or you may not, but the Lord knows who will be where and when
1: he sure does.
0: And by the way, Glenda, that person was really, and he knows who he is, was blessed a few weeks later because I prayed that a blessing be poured out on them for their generosity, and it was.
1: That's awesome.
0: And by the way, part of this deals with the trust I mentioned. During this time, I also had a debt that a collector was threatening to sue me for thousands in unpaid debt over. I was served with uh, papers back in October for one of my credit cards that went into collections from when I lost my job. And when I took it to prayer the first time, I pleaded my case before the Lord and and said, I confess that I was careless with my spending. I didn't think I would be losing my job. I had every intention of paying down that debt. Lord, you know, I've tried for a long time to find work. And because I'm serving you now, I can't find work. I have no way to pay this debt. Now they're threatening a judgment against me. You know, what should I do? And the Lord replied, state your case.
1: State your case. Did he mean in the courtroom of of heaven?
0: He didn't clarify. On that, um, okay. I th- but I, I thanked him. But the debt collector kept sending letters. He sent another one a month later, stating it was moving forward to the, into the superior court. And I was scared. I didn't know what they might try to do. I yeah. consulted a debt management agency, and I called my father, who was retired, and he offered the, and I offered to pay them a lump sum settlement. But the debt collector would not settle for a quarter of the debt. They wanted the whole thing plus the interest that they had accrued on it. They essentially refused my offer to settle, which I felt was fair given my circumstances. Many are out of work, but, um, you know, the banks, they don't care. When they want their money, they want their money. That's it. And so I went into the prayer closet again in tears this time. I asked, oh, Lord, I thought you said this debt was canceled. Why do they keep sending me documents that they are moving it forward and pursuing a judgment? The Lord replied, it is canceled. (laughs) Now, I was having a really tough time with belief on this. I bet. So I kept on. Why then are they not going away I asked you know why do they keep bothering me oh lord i seek to leave my past behind me i can't move forward if my past keeps tormenting please help me the lord replied son why are you letting this upset you have i not told you it is canceled why do you believe me not
1: <laughs> i know that tone of voice that he takes
0: <laughs> he he paused before he said it like you're yeah. asking me again almost yeah, like you're yeah. asking me again
1: <laughs> oh i know i know that i know when he does that cuz he's done that to me before
0: And he revealed to me on top of that that in so many ways they are not real attorneys that you're getting threatened with, but a debt collection company. And if they try to go ahead with pursuing it after I pleaded my circumstances and offer that he would pass a judgment on them so harsh in the coming economic crash that they would not they would regret how they have treated many of his people. Nice. He said, son, you do not need to worry about this. You are allowing doubt to attack your faith. You need to trust me. Have I not shown you I will take care of you? and i humbled myself what am i going to say to that
1: yeah you know that reminds me of when we're believing for healing so when you believe for healing you're fighting facts with god's truth yeah. the truth in any area his truth being whatever his word says or in this case what he has told you which is still his his word his truth will always overword override the world's facts and the facts are you know you can you could feel the pain you you have the limp or You know, whatever's or the tumor's growing, whatever's happening. Those are the facts. But truth bulldozes right over facts if we stand on it, if we confess it. So it becomes a fight between your faith and your symptoms. But if you stand and fight, faith always wins. That's a word for somebody. God just said that's a word for somebody. You've got a tumor. You just found out you've got a tumor. And the Lord said, this is a word for you. If you will stand and fight, faith will always win because nothing is more powerful than God's word in any form. And he said you were already healed. By his stripes, you were already healed. That tumor has no right to be in your body. So send it packing.
0: And so I want to continue on, Glenda. This is, it gets, it's, it gets even better. So I did some research after this revelation, and I confirmed what the Lord revealed to me about this company, that they use scare tactics and take more money out of people's accounts than what is agreed upon, and so on. So in addition to fear, they also tend to use confusion tactics to manipulate.
1: That's so underhanded.
0: Well, that's just the way it is out there, and I guess, in that business, I don't know. I guess. And after that, any correspondence I received, I decreed it canceled, no matter how threatening it sounded. Good job. So now about a week ago, I received a correspondence from the Superior Court that stated that due to no parties being present at the initial tier- hearing, which, by the way, I never received a summons to appear at all that I recall.
1: Also illegal.
0: The judge ruled an inactive dismissal.
1: Yes. Praise God.
0: Yeah. So this essentially meant that this company who purchased this debt from the original bank did not even show up. And they had so many days to file a response. Or the case will be thrown out. And once thrown out, it cannot be refiled. Nice. I declare it is thrown out, and I will consistently declare it is dismissed because I believe what the Lord told me.
1: Amen to that.
0: Further, I believe with the state of this country and so many losing their jobs, they won't be able even be able to keep up with everything. So if they keep buying bad debts, they will dig themselves into the hole and go bankrupt.
1: They'll be the ones losing money, won't they?
0: Uh Uh-huh. Amen to that. Isn't it interesting how that works?
1: Yeah. God, that would
0: be their boss. judgment if they keep on with their practices.
1: I agree with you because that's what God said would happen.
0: And I mentioned this because through per, though personal and though I don't agree with debt, the waiting and receiving that response was a further test of my faith.
1: Yeah, it is. It
0: the is. Lord told me from the beginning what would happen and it is happening. It was on me to believe him. Yeah.
1: And that gets easier every time you go through a test like this and you pass it.
0: And, you know, does it mean to stop paying your bills so long as you have the means to do so? I mean, no, you should always pay if the circumstances allow you to keep doing so, as the word tells us not to be obligated to any debt.
1: Yeah, and a debt is where we gave our word and we should always keep our word because that's a matter of integrity. Jesus said, oh, no man, anything but to love him. But if we already have debt, then, you know, we need to we need to honor that. Because the word says, you know, swear to your own hurt and change not. That means keep your word.
0: Amen. And my circumstance, you know, Glenda, it was extraordinary just because I, well, I was put into the wilderness. So I, and I wasn't able to get work. So, I mean, I, that's how I, that's how it got into the situation it was. And, you know, I'm placing the, it was my, a lot of my blame, you know, because I was irresponsible when I did have the cards, but I didn't count on losing my job. But I shouldn't have made that assumption. So, you know, that was a big one. And that brings us to the next the question you had about, uh, you know, believing through the lack.
1: Yeah. What do you encourage other people who lack provision right now to do? There's so many people out of work right now, and I'm sure a lot of them, their unemployment's run out and they've got to be terrified. I know I was when that happened to me.
0: Pray, pray and believe and also confess any sins that may be holding you back from the provision. If you aren't sure what they are, ask the Lord to reveal them to you. And this includes potential sin he may desire you repent of. You know, there truly is power in prayer. You know, in James 5, verse 13, we are directed, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. You know, Jesus told us in Matthew 6, you know, verse 6, to verses 8, But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, for your father knows the things you need before you ask him. And it goes further than prayer alone. You have to believe it has happened or it will happen very shortly because God's already at work. Amen. In James 1, we are told about asking for wisdom and told not to waver in our belief in receiving. Some may suggest that, you know, you could be taking that out of context as it pertains to wisdom in this particular verse. But I believe you can apply James 1, 6 through 8 to anything you pray for where the word says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways.
1: Let me just add that God taught me that is exactly what that means. Mm -hmm. If you're believing for something and one day you believe and the next day you're like, no, then he said, that's double-minded. That's what he taught me. And you've got to take a stand. If you're not going to believe, then don't believe. But if you're going to believe, stand on it and don't budge from it. And then you'll see it happen.
0: And when you start out in the wilderness, you know, that's, that's one thing you learn. You have to learn. That's one of the first things, actually, you learn because if you're just, if you're thinking that if you keep praying on it, but then you're thinking, oh, if you keep then to keep declaring out of the other side of your mouth, well, Oh, it's not here. It's not here. It's not here. Oh, it's never going to get better. If you keep saying things like that, of course, it's never going to get better.
1: If you decree it, you establish it.
0: That's right. And you know, Jesus told us in Mark 11:24 verse through 25, that we must believe we received it. The word yeah. says, you know, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, If you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. Yes. And Glenda, this verse reminds me of that part in your book, The Wilderness Companion, where you mentioned not receiving a check because you did not forgive someone. And then once you did, you received it. Yes. So that further goes to demonstrate the truth in the word in this instance, to believe we will receive, but make sure we are not harboring any animosity or unforgiveness towards someone.
1: Yeah, that was somebody who had been pretty unkind to me.
0: Mm hmm.
1: They just just didn't like me for whatever reason.
0: And those are the little snares that will test you. in those Mm -hmm. in these times, you know, someone may say that they are not in touch and don't have the ability to call or reach that person. But let me tell you, you know, forgiveness begins in the heart, not just telling someone what they want to hear to say you apologized. That's just lip service. Yeah. Even if you could reach the person, it's still the same unless you really forgive them from the heart. So I just thought I would mention that, you know, for those who may be in a panic about that, like, oh, I'm not in touch with that person or I don't know how to reach them. It doesn't matter. Forgive from your heart and confess that you forgive them.
1: Your part is just to forgive from your heart. So I know for me, whenever I when God took me out of the working world, the work that I did because I loved that kind of work was a big part of my identity. Have you struggled with that at all? I really struggled with that for a while.
0: Yes and no. And I only say. No, because I was getting to the point with my old job, though it was good money. That's all it really was. Oh. Okay. I I was I was getting really tired of it. My heart was no longer in it. I was getting lazy. And then you know, on top of that, when the demands were being thrown in, you know, I'll give you a, I'll give you a quick example. I mean, I went on vacation. My my father came out from Florida, and I hadn't seen him, you know, since 2011. He came out in 2018, just before I lost my job, and we went up to the north rim of the Grand Canyon. And uh, I before I went on that vacation, I took when I took that week off, I left, you know, a thing in Outlook and auto response. If you have any problems, you know, contact, you know, this team member, this team member. I had also noted certain work um, that said, that, you know, if I'm not this, could, all you have to do is add this and then process it and it'll go through. And I was in medical claim. So, you know, it was insurance work. And those are on a timely schedule.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I come back. And I I, not only did I find a bunch of emails the first Monday I log in, but then I'm finding uh, the the claims that I had noted, the information is provided, but somebody went in and noted Raymond's working on this.
1: Oh. It's
0: like, well, you only had to add the account number. That's all we were waiting for, and you could it could have went out the door.
1: So they saved all your work for you.
0: Pretty much, and then it was, oh, can you find this report from sometime back in May? I'm like, uh, I can't even remember what I did three days ago. <laughs> Let's remember what I did, you know, back in May and what server I follow. You know, you're working for a big health corporation.
1: Oh, yeah, there's no way. There's with no multiple
0: way. hospitals and offices. I mean, there's several servers and drives, that you know, all that can get stored right. on. It's like, I can't remember where that is. It's like looking for a needle in a haystack. Yes. So that was just frustrating. And at that point, I was just over it. I knew that my job was ending a few months later, you know, and, you know I, I felt like i was being demoted like i mentioned earlier and you know i'm like no, i'm just done with this i can't do this anymore
1: the anointing had moved had it not
0: at the time maybe it did but at the time i didn't recognize it i just knew i was yeah. fed up with that job yeah i know i was i was fed up i had been there for 11 years and i had put up with a lot during wow, that, that that's time a, that i was there
1: that's a long time to be in that
0: yep You know, I pulled through, you know, I I dealt with unfairness. And, you know, there was one time people were goofing off working from home. And yet, even though I was a hard worker, I still got called in and had to commute an hour to get there.
1: Wow.
0: And that ain't fun in the heat and then having to get home, drive home and heat and dust storms during monsoon season out here. Not fun. So, you know, the longer I've been out of work. And have accepted it, the easier it has become. Um, at first, it was a nightmare because I had no idea what was happening to me. And as I explained in the beginning, I felt like I was losing control and drifting. But that was before I understood that God was potentially leading me onto a path to serve him. And that has now become clearer because I have embraced his calling by learning to work with him in my calling.
1: Yeah.
0: When I first started out, I would not cease praying for wisdom and where God was leading me and what my purpose was. Because initially I didn't know. I really didn't. I mean, I didn't know how he was going to use me. I didn't, I didn't understand why I couldn't get a job. I had a feeling, okay, you don't want me to work. So what do you want me to
1: do? <laughs> and that's usually how he let you know that. Yeah. It's like, you can go apply all day long and wear yourself out. But if he has called you to this kind of work, you're not going to get a job.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, how I spend my time now, uh, my days are reflecting where things are, praying, uh, studying the Word, especially when he calls me to write or teach on something. And other days I may listen to podcasts, you know, to gain further understanding as to how what we are seeing now ties in with the end times and what Jesus told us would happen. Yeah. You know, for example, I'm Luke, Matthew, and Revelation. And I study the prophets quite a bit. Uh, not so much lately, but but it just depends on what I feel the Lord is leading me. Uh, there are times I will speak to others and try to help them along in encouragement or talking to them where it comes to understanding the things that are unfolding before our eyes, so as to bring further clarity. And this helps me as well, as I enjoy using my ability, you know, the best I can, and it allows for good company too when you are lonely at times and you feel sometimes isolated. And He gives me time to rest and take care of other things around the house, as, you know, as they come up and need to be done.
1: What, what's it like for you having to share a house with people that are not on the same spiritual level as you are? I know you've written about it some on your blog, which is really good, by the way.
0: On some days, pack a sack, walk away, and go live in the mountains. <laughs> cut off all communications.
1: <laughs> leave, move and don't leave a forwarding address.
0: <laughs> yeah. fix the uh-huh. cell phone. Cancel the internet.
1: Oh, I think that's the hardest part of the wilderness when you have to live with somebody you just don't want to live with. That, that was one of the hardest parts of it for me.
0: Well, it's, it's not so much even that you don't. It's just you desire that they would see yeah. and understand that there's repercussions for everything, even not on you, but on they're bringing it upon themselves. Yeah,
1: and they they, they have no way to understand spiritual things if they're not spiritual.
0: I mean, I've had to learn to just humble myself, and despite how I feel treated, understand that these trials are not always just a test of me, but also a test of those involved as well. We can't just run away from what we perceive as a problem. It's only as big of a problem as you allow it to be. You have to learn how to reply and endure, regardless of whether you think it's wrong or right. That's not for us to decide. You know, God's the ultimate judge when it comes to the behavior of what is wrong or right, where our responses or behaviors are concerned.
1: He is the judge. That is so true. We may feel like we're entitled to respond this way or that, but he has the last word, not us. Well said.
0: And, you know, Glenda, there's a very real spirit of pride on people right now. Folks have a tendency to deflect guilt on you for past sin because in doing so it enables them to escape the conviction. You know, they don't want to focus on themselves. They'd rather say, well, this is what you used yeah. to do and yeah. this is what you said. And it's like, Put it yeah, back I on yeah. yeah, and then I'll say, yeah, and that's what I used to do.
1: Yeah.
0: So you sometimes may try to tell them correctly what they should do, and, you know, it gets thrown back at you, even though you have already repented. You have to learn to be merciful and patient with difficult people and trust the Holy Spirit to lead you through it, to give you the right responses. And sometimes they scoff and walk away, and other times having no response, you know, at least where you're concerned, is better than any response at all, depending on the situation. You know, you have to learn not to pass judgment. And this is a very hard one. It's really no different than responding to a comment online that you think is unjust.
1: That's so true. And like the Lord told me once, silence cannot be misquoted. And I always remember that when I want to give a bad response. And I try to just really take a deep breath if something makes me want to respond. And then I ask myself, okay, why are my emotions stirred up right now? You know, what's really going on?
0: Yeah, and I really just search for peace and work to maintain it, meaning that I try to avoid conflict in every way possible. It's easier said than done because when you're cornered, you feel like you can't escape fast enough. Oh yeah. And you know, I've slipped up a few times, but this is how you learn at first. Yeah. And you get it under control the more you reflect on and pray that the Lord will help you recognize better ways out of these situations when they occur.
1: Yep.
0: And the wrong response oftentimes just leads to more heartache and strife. And when the Lord is raising you up to do his works, it's especially important not to get wrapped up in these. As they are a snare, and you have to recognize their true purpose is to knock you down and make you feel hopeless. Amen. I mean, it's another temptation to sin. It's a a spirit of discouragement. Yeah. As with any others when going through the trials. Yeah.
1: So is that what he's teaching you in this season?
0: Yeah, he's patience. Patience is a huge one. one. That's a hard one. And I feel that's where I am right now, Uh, doing as he directs and just being still, you know, just because something does not happen in the time frame we expect it does not mean it's not going to happen. Some days might be easier than others. I pray Psalm 62 pretty much every day. And if I don't read the whole chapter aloud in my prayers, I recite it in my spirit when I feel troubled, waiting patiently before God as my victory comes from him. He is my rock and my salvation. My fortress I will never be shaken. And this is a good one to memorize for someone going through similar trials. So that's why I like to mention that one.
1: Psalms is also where I go when I'm troubled. It's very calming to me. Yes. Do you feel like it's... you're starting to walk into your purpose with all this?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I do. Um, I believe the blog is just one part of it. And I believe doing this podcast with you is part of it. All of these trials are part of it, as I have realized, in order to heed his calling. And he's putting me through these trials to teach me how to overcome doubt and discouragement. It is also learning how to deal with difficult people, and in times coming where where patience wears thin, it, this is an invaluable lesson to have learned.
1: Because there will always be difficult people.
0: Yeah. And so it doesn't matter whether it's you know in your house or whether you're witnessing to somebody who wants to you know of course there's going to be there's always going to be people who want to argue. That's it's just always been oh, that way. Oh yeah. But you know you have to just remain steadfast in your actions. Yes. And, you know, the Lord began giving me prophetic dreams early last year, and Mm -hmm. though I had a few years before, I didn't understand the word enough back then to know they were from him, as they were glimpses into what would be coming in later years. You know, one being a Chinese invasion, which I received in 2013. Oh, yeah. Now, I've not had any, any dreams that I can recall since December, but it's not uncommon to go a few months in between. There have been months where I have had a few, and then there is what I refer to as the quote-unquote dry season, where I don't get any dreams for a month or two. Yeah. And Yeah. Lately, he's been speaking to me more in the spirit.
1: Do you have your prophetic dreams posted on your blog?
0: Uh, most of them, yes. There's a few I have not put up yet because I'm trying to locate. Because I write them down. I type them up every time I have them. And before I started the blog, that's what I was doing. So I have to still locate a few of them. But most of them are up there. And now, as far as teaching others, it's important to be able to teach others about, you know, the appropriate responses as it relates to what his word tells us, especially now as he is preparing his bride. Yeah. Now, he has revealed to me that I have a way of explaining things in such ways that others can understand them. And my testimonies are also part of that. Now, what else he has in mind for me, Glenda? I don't know, but this is part of trusting him to lead me. And this has been a big part of my calling. We need to rely on him to guide us regardless Because if we continue to lean into our own understanding, which, by the way, we're told not to do in Proverbs 3, verse 5, this could have dire consequences in times to come. So learning how to hear him and trust him, these two are very important.
1: Yeah, they are. I could not agree more. You definitely have the teaching anointing, in my opinion. I love your blog. Dina sent me a link to your last blog on enduring trials that mm-hmm. had me both thinking about the revelations I was getting and laughing at what you were enduring because I could relate so well. It is so relatable and you're so honest about everything that's going on. It's really good.
0: And that's only a few of them. This is I mean imagine it going on, you know, just different variants going all the time. on for for almost, you know, a few years now.
1: Oh. Tell people about your blog, Innocence Redeemed, and give the URL, please, where they can go look at your blog, because it's really good. And just so you listeners know this, I don't follow anybody's blog because of lack of time, but I will definitely be following his and reading it, because it's really good, and it really feeds my spirit.
0: So I started the blog because of everything that's happening right now since the pandemic struck, where so many are out of work, experiencing lack, loss of their homes, cars, not being able to feed their children and so on. You know, they're angry, anxious, frustrated, sad, they're looking for answers. And you know, Glinda, I read that many are committing suicide. Oh no. Many don't know of another way to cope I and how know they know and how can they know if somebody doesn't tell them? Wow. You know, folks understand something's wrong, that these situations they're only getting worse. And the purpose of my blog brings it home that no matter how bad you feel, you have messed up, the Lord desires you return to him. Yep. There is no sin that can't be forgiven if you're willing to turn from that sin and leave it in the dust and embrace the teachings and the leadings of Jesus. And perhaps there is someone who doesn't know about Jesus or doesn't know that they can be redeemed or saved and cared for during these times. They may continue to think a political solution is going to save them. I mean, let's be honest, people thought Trump was going to ride in on a horse and shining armor and save this country. But what they haven't understood is that this country was given a reprieve to give people more time to return to the Lord. And they still didn't. Yep. That window of repentance is slowly co- closing, but it does not mean it's too late for everyone yet. And I put emphasis on the word yet. Amen. And by the way, this is not just for people in America. This goes for everyone around the world. If they knew that of the perilous times coming, Yeah. all of these events are being allowed because people have lived in too long in sin. The churches are also part of it. As many only preach peace and prosperity. And what folks need to understand is that, you know, God's not mocked. And much of what we are seeing is much of the way we have been, been conditioned to live over the years has been a lie by Satan himself. Amen. I mean, let's be honest. Much of what people have embraced is a lie to lead them to the slaughter. None of us are perfect, but and we all lived in sin at one time or another. But now is the time to learn and turn away from from such ways that are not from the Lord.
1: If we hadn't lived in sin, we wouldn't need a Savior.
0: Yep. And I started my blog for the reason of letting people know what time it is and that there is a way to come to redemption in Christ and that he will wash you clean of your sins. As it pertains to Isaiah 118, it says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, though they are like red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So folks need to know that they have a choice that they don't have to do what the world commands, as this is not the way forward in the storm. And that is the reason my blog has the storm clouds in the background. I wondered about that. Yeah, because we were entering a storm of unimaginable proportions. And it's not God's will that any should perish.
1: That's the truth. I've seen that storm in visions. It's bad.
0: The Lord even told
1: us that this storm was coming and we need to take refuge in him and get out of the storm.
0: You've received word on it and I've even received revelation on it. Yeah. I mean I could be in prayer and just praising him and suddenly he'll tell me something that's like my like, wow.
1: Yeah, just out of the blue.
0: You know, and the word tells us all, you know, in Romans ten fourteen, how can they call on him if when they have not believed? How shall how can they believe him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So as we look further into the book of Isaiah, we are told in chapter six eight the answer is in all of us. We all have a responsibility to lead. The truth is in Jesus, and I will just say that I know in my heart that the Lord is now raising his people up, including myself, to be those workers who are sent into the fields as the harvest is great, and we should be standing up to do this where we are able. I don't want to think of this. You know, Glenda, I don't want to think of the judgment that's going to fall on the unsaved, as well as the judgment that could fall on those of us who are afraid to speak out when we're able to do so, and we just don't do it.
1: He gave me a word about raising up ministry. Suddenly it hasn't posted yet.
0: You know, and when these events begin to increase you're going to find more and more people are looking for answers and now is our time to shine for Christ
1: yeah
0: I think of the mercy God had on me and should we not desire others to receive the same grace that was poured out on us Yeah. so you can find my blog at innocence redeemed blog and that's that's, that's www that's um amazing. you can enter it without the www but that'll get oh, you, you there that's it good yeah, it should get you there, though, regardless. And, um, you know, that's just, it has prophetic messages. And then I have, um, well, only really a few right now, but it's it's also going to have teachings. It just depends on where I'm led and what words I get is what right. I put up. It's no set format, really. It's just whatever, you know, is on my heart that I feel I should uh, talk to others about or teach them about. Spirit led. Yeah.
1: You want to give an email where people can email you if they want to? contact you directly
0: for now the best email is admin at innocence redeemed dot blog and though the blog is somewhat still under construction it's pretty much finished that will be completed soon Um, and it hasn't stopped me from getting started Um, it's not so much about me as much as it is about helping those who are searching for answers in these times we are living and that which we are experiencing
1: okay so everything that you're putting out right now is out on the blog right
0: Yes. And uh, I wrote the uh, during through the trials, but then I wrote also about judging of others in the trials, which, you know, that's a whole other topic in itself, because I briefly had mentioned that, but um, not to segue too much into it.
1: Yeah. Well, your blogs are very good. They're very well thought out. Ray, thank you for taking time to talk to the listeners today. Would you please pray over the listeners as we close?
0: Heavenly Father. We come to you and ask that you bless all listeners of JPH, all readers of her of Glinda's content, that she be a blessing, that my ministry be a blessing, that my word be a blessing, that you give to me, that you lead me every day, Lord, that you show them, that you show them the way, that you show them you are the truth and the light, and that you lead them to their salvation, and bring back to those who must repent from their sin teach them that there is a better way Yes. and that the word be effective in teaching them what they must do to be redeemed and restored. And we ask this in Jesus name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you. Thank,
0: Thank you, Glenda. You. It's been a good interview.
1: Thank you. I believe everyone will get a lot out of this, including me. I got things out of it too. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'm sorry my voice keeps breaking. Thank you for listening. Jesus bless you. Y'all have a great weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address. JPH Inc. Glenda Lomax. P.O. Box 60. Glencoe, Arkansas. 72. Five three nine or by email at jphtoday@gmail.com at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Have you ever gone through a time in your life where suddenly it just felt like your whole life was falling apart? I call these experiences the wilderness experiences. Wilderness experiences are a time of great uncertainty and change. Uh, There are times when our faith is tried and refined. After many experiences, the Lord spoke to me to write The Wilderness Companion, which is a virtual road map through the desert times of your life. Find out why you've been led to the wilderness. Find out what the biggest hindrance is to receiving provision in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Drastically cut the time you spend in the wilderness by learning how to partner with the Lord instead of working against Him. Every Christian needs to read The Wilderness Companion. It's by Glenda Lomax, and it's available on Amazon.com or WingsOfProphecy.com. Amazon.com, The Wilderness Companion by Glenda Lomax. Sidewalk Flowers, Volume 1 is a collection of 58 short inspirational readings that will uplift, comfort, and encourage readers from every walk of life. Sidewalk Flowers includes inspirational tales and topics taken from the lives of everyday people who exhibited extraordinary wisdom, kindness, and courage while traveling the sidewalks of life. Get your copy of Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 today. Available in print and new audiobook. Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 by Glenda Lomax. Available on Amazon.com in print or new audiobook. There is no one on earth who has not been wronged at some time in their life. Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has been hurt by someone. The pain you have suffered does not make you special. It is what you do with that pain that sets you apart. Life can make you bitter or it can make you better. You choose. The only difference between the two is the I.